Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. Hi, everybody. I'm Katherine Pierce, and I am the Poet Laureate for the State of Mississippi. Welcome to the Mississippi Poetry Podcast, a podcast where poetry comes alive for listeners. Across the country and the world, poets are writing right now and creating vibrant, important poems that enlighten, entertain, challenge, and comfort. Some of these incredible poets are writing right here in Mississippi. Each episode of the Mississippi Poetry Podcast will feature a different poet with Mississippi connections. We'll hear a poem, chat for a bit, and maybe learn a fun fact or two. I'm very excited to welcome C.T. Salazar to the podcast today. C.T. Salazar is a Latinx poet and librarian from Mississippi. He's the author of Headless John the Baptist Hitchhiking, forthcoming from Acre Books in 2022. He's the 2020 recipient of the Mississippi Institute of Arts and Letters Award in Poetry. And I am so happy to be welcoming C.T. to the podcast today. C.T., thank you so much for talking with me. Thanks for having me, Catherine. It's a privilege to be here. I'm so happy that you're that you're on here. I love your work. So I'm going to start off with a non-poetry question because I think it's fun and because I like to get to know our poets as people a little bit more. So we're going to talk a little bit about animals, specifically wild animals. Here is my question for you. If you could spend a day with any kind of wild animal, that you wanted with the assurance that it would not, you know, eat you or maul you in any way, but you could just spend a peaceful day with any kind of animal that you wanted. What animal would you choose to hang out with? Definitely a grizzly bear because they're, they're always bigger than I actually imagined them to be. Like when you actually see one in person at a zoo and you can actually contextualize yourself versus how big this animal is. Yes, It's always like, I've seen them several times, but every time I'm always surprised how actually large they are. And then um, they kind of just like, they seem like they have my kind of laziness too. They <laughs> like to like fall over and they're kind of clumsy. <laughs> that's good. That's good. It's like a kindred spirit in the, in the grizzly bear. That's good. I like that. Oh, that's a good one. All right. Thank you very much. I always think I would, I would hang out with a lion. Um, and I think that's because ever since I read The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, um, and there's that scene where they get to ride the lion. And I, ever since then, I've thought, man, I wish I could just hang out with a lion. I think that would be so great. So, all right. Well, thank you, CT. Um, what are you going to be reading for us today? Yeah, I am reading a poem called Mostly I'd Like to Be a Spiderweb. And um, just a little bit of background on it. Usually when I write stuff, I don't write a whole draft at a time. I'm very slow. Like just a line here and there is kind of my style of writing. But this is a rare poem that kind of I wrote an entire draft of in a sitting. And what I'm reading now isn't the draft. It's changed a lot since then. But um, I remember I wrote the first version of it on my 25th birthday. So four years ago now, uh, after walking um, in June at uh, the Plymouth Creek area. And the trail hadn't been walked in a long time. So we uh, me and my friend kept walking into spider webs like every five feet. I love that you made a poem out of that. That's like a particularly um, unsettling experience when you're just walking and all of a sudden you're inside a spider web. I love that you've made 
a poem out of that. All right, thank you. Do you want to go ahead and read it for us? Mostly I'd like to be a spider web. Because in the rain, I'd look like a cracked window without a church to belong to. You could look through me and see the world in front of us. One time, my ex-lovers made a road of tongues for me. I took off my shoes to feel the song a little better and cut a note short with each step. I want to tell you how many churches I've built to praise little things that deserve more than their few seconds of existence. Like the time I opened my door, smelled hibiscus, and knew you were home. Like the time a child told me there was a God, and because he was smiling, I believed him. Mostly, I'd like to be a spider web, to feel you walk through, to see if you'll take me with you, despite the spider I bring. Thank you. I love that last line so much. It's such a surprising moment there at the end. I love that. Could you talk for just a second maybe about your, you? because you were mentioning that that one actually came out as as a as a, a full draft the first time that you that you wrote it and then you said it also changed a lot could you talk just briefly about your revision process of this poem or in general whatever you want to say yeah yeah for sure um a lot of times like i said i'm a very slow writer so i write just like a line here or there uh sometimes a week apart so i build towards a draft which is you know like just a, a not finished poem as a draft uh, but i build towards a draft over a a series of weeks sometimes. And then when I feel like it's kind of in its shape, my, my, my process of making it better, like my revision process is I like to uh, read out loud. Um, just because I, I think that lang language is a thing that's really out loud. It's really happening out loud. And a, a lot of people, I think, mistake poetry as something that happens on a page but I think that, you know, like a poem is really fulfilled when you, when you hear it. And that goes to like the far end history of poetry and performance. But typically, like, I think my, my ear is smarter than my eye. And I can hear when something needs to be corrected almost immediately. So I, I always encourage people when, when they're revising or editing to actually read it out loud because they'll hear it immediately what they need to improve. And I, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. That's something that I always try to do too. I, for me, it's a matter of, um, I try to be honest with myself. If I start to feel bored when I'm reading my own poem out loud, then I know there's a problem, <laughs> right? Like if I'm reading out loud and I think, oh, this part's not that interesting, then that's, I know that's the part I need to change. Thank you. And so that was actually my, my next question was, could you share some piece of advice that you might give to a writer who is starting out, a person who maybe isn't writing a lot of poetry yet, but would like to, or someone who is writing poetry and wants to get better at it. And that's great advice right there to read your poem out loud. Um, do you want to give any other little kernels of advice that people could, could take with them? For sure. A big thing that made a world of difference for me in my writing was I started writing, considering the language that I was invested in. And I think that when you're starting to write, don't just go for the, you know, the fancy words, but really think about the words that you have personal investments in, whether they're words that your family uses a lot or words that belong to a place that you're from. And, you know, like, even if you just have to make a list of what, what words carry intrinsic value to you that you can explore in your writing, 
to bring that same value to someone else. I, I think that that's really the starting point where good writing happens is when I can tell that the writer has an actual emotional investment in the words that they're using. Yeah, that's, and that's such a smart point. And you're right, because we, we think a lot about poetry, you know, coming from language, it's rooted in language, but right, the language itself is rooted in emotion and history and experience and family and, and identity and all of that. So yeah, absolutely. Yes, use the language that speaks to who you are and where you're from um, and draw from that. Yeah, thank you. I love that. That's excellent advice. So, okay, where could we find more of your work if we want to read some more poems by you? For sure. Um, so the, the easy answer is my full-length collection of writing of poems, uh, Headless John the Baptist Hitchhiking. Uh, that's coming from Acre Books, and it's it'll be um, hopefully in a lot of different bookstores or easily online. Just little scattered poems of mine are are kind of everywhere. If you just like Google uh, C.T. Salazar poetry, <laughs> there's yeah. there's some stuff there. Um, I usually not, I don't really post my own writing online that much, but if you want to actually see what I'm reading, my Instagram at Dog Paws or Best Paws is typically the place where you can see at least the poetry I'm reading day to day because I like to share that. And then um, my my website too is uh, C.T. Salazar uh, poetry at WordPress.com. Thank you. And I, yeah, I will add that um, for anyone who's interested in following, you know, people on social media um, to find out what they're interested in, CT is one of these people who, if you want to get, you know, some heads up about some great poets and poems, uh, definitely someone to follow because I've learned a lot from, from following you on social media and, you know, seeing what you're posting. So that's, that's a great, um, that's a great tip too. So thank you. Um, so thank you so much, C.T. Salazar, for talking with me today and for reading your work and for giving some excellent advice about the craft of writing. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the Mississippi Poetry Podcast, where poetry comes alive. <laughs> <laughs>